Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become that confident leader and take your business and your life to the next level. Today, I am very pleased to have Sherry Shaban as my guest, and let me tell you about her great background. She is a Montreal-based producer, YouTuber, and fitness and life coach, and is a NSCA certified strength and conditioning specialist, a certified athletic therapist, and osteopath, and the director of Fitness for Rock, Thomas M1 Mastermind. We'll talk about that in a bit. With over 20 years of experience in her specialty, Sherry has dedicated her life to helping thousands of people transform their athletic identity to become who they are meant to be through a unique anti-diet, self-loving, simple approach. Sherry believes that our physical body is the direct reflection of our internal environment and that transformation happens from the inside out. Sherry refers to her clients as athletes, helping them unplug from the diet culture and exercise punishment and step into a new relationship with their body, mind, and environment. Sherry helps her athletes view food as fuel for performance, recovery, and transformation, and their training as a lifestyle ritual that becomes a basis of the athletic mindset. Her passion is for helping others through their own health and wellness transformation journey and stems from her own trials and tribulations at the tender age of 16 Sherry was hit by a car and became a left side of her being paralyzed. Her turning port point towards recovery, and we'll go into the story in a bit, came from understanding that her own central elements to transformation is to let go of debilitating, self-limiting thoughts and begin to rewrite a new story. Sherry has made it her life mission to help others do the same, releasing self-doubt, creating a new belief system and the athletic identity and become that person they always were meant to be. So our theme today is how to become unstoppable in any aspect of our lives. Please join me in welcoming mm. Sherry Shaban. Okay. Thank you so much. We always start out with the easy question, but I know that we're going to want to give a little bit more details into 
the journey that you have taken, but where do you call home? Where do you live today? Oh, I'm from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Okay, so you gave us um, in that bio, the at 16, your left side is paralyzed. The journey was one that really was life-changing. So explain to you, to what went on in those years after that, um, as you were recovering. Yeah. So, I mean, it first started off with a lot of doubt and a lot of darkness, I'll admit, because suddenly you're given this diagnosis where you're no longer allowed to do the things that light you up, the things that you've always done and those things that have defined you your whole entire life. And so this was one bitter pill to swallow, being told that I would no longer engage in sports. And growing up, I was a child athlete, and it's all I did, just involving myself in every sport. I was that girl who was a tomboy, who was always competing against the boys in school. And so that first step was really just stepping into the darkness and just feeling so completely overwhelmed and just feeling that you are a victim of the circumstance. But then there was a moment where I woke up in my early 20s and realized that the outside of me was never matching the inside of me, which basically meant that I felt so out of integrity. I never envisioned my life that way. And the reason for that is because I had found myself now spending time with a very different crowd. I was engaging in a lot of habits and behaviors that my parents told me to never do. And so I was just this person that I couldn't recognize and I didn't like myself. I didn't like who I'd become and what I was doing. And so it was at that moment where I decided to put my health into my own hands. I was told I was never going to play sports again. I was told that my future was basically light walking on a treadmill and that should I ever become pregnant one day in my life, this could create more complications in my back. And so I walked into the gym and at that moment, I was relying on pain medication to get through every single day. Every single day was just living through excruciating back pain. My whole day was centered around how I can rest my back. If I were to go to a social environment, I would always ask, is there a place I could lie down? Or if I would get into a car, I knew if it was a Jeep that that wouldn't be comfortable for me. So I'd always refuse to get into a Jeep, but it had to be a comfortable car that I could support my back in. And so that day in my early 20s, when I just had this massive aha moment, I just ended up signing up at a local gym and I ended up just listening to my body. And I had no idea what I was doing that at that time. I was actually studying chemistry. I was doing my master's in chemistry <laughs> of all things at McGill University. And so I walked into the gym and I just started imitating people. Well, that looks interesting. Let me try that. Let me try this. Let me try that. And I continued to do that consistently every single day for a span of months until one day I realized that my back pain was gone and I was able to come off of pain medication. And at that point, that's where really the dragon in me was unleashed. I had found my purpose. I had realized my mission and I realized that if I could do this, if I could overcome back pain, if now I was able to honor my body and I could train and I could find fitness again, then I wanted to help everyone else do that. And so that's really what propelled my journey. And at that moment, I dropped out of my master's degree. I went back to school and I did a bachelor's degree in exercise science. Yeah. I certified as an athletic therapist and became an osteopath and then took all the certifications I possibly could get my hand on around fitness and nutrition. And I, I, as we were reading, or as I was reading a little bit more on your website about you and it said you, your journey took you to actually own gyms. 
and then you had another really bump in the road, if you will, um, where you uh, uh, kind of had that imposter syndrome. Here you have a gym and you've got some right. issues. So talk about that situation. Yeah, this was actually in 2012 um, after my journey into fitness. And by the way, at that time, I was a mom. I had two girls. I had a three-year-old and I had a two-year-old. And so here I was setting up my very first gym. Prior to that, I was doing private training at home for different clients. I was very mobile in my business. And I also was running outdoor boot camps. And so I had built up this great clientele and now I want to bring them into a physical location and so as I did that and I started to lift the boxes and paint the walls and sand the sandbox I mean I was doing everything every single day I was on a deadline Vicky I had to meet my deadline and then I started feeling pain again in my back and of course I have a deadline I got to keep pushing through and so every single day it started getting worse and worse and worse so even though almost 10 years before that I had overcome my back pain and I was able to get into fitness as I was opening up my gym. Here I go again, bringing myself to the exact same destiny where I was not honoring my body. I was not listening to my body. And as a result of that, I ended up having an emergency surgery. And this time the second back surgery was even more severe and more intense than the first time. I was just millimeters away from paralysis again. And I went to the hospital literally on a Wednesday and by Friday morning, it was an emergency surgery. And so by the time I had recovered and I had opened my gym, I could barely do a squat. I was barely able to bend forward more than 20 degrees. And so I felt like such a phony. Here I was a gym owner. And in fact, if I would go to social events and people asked me what I did for work, I didn't even want to tell them I owned a gym. I didn't even want to tell them that because I didn't feel aligned with that person. And so for many years, I was kind of in the background. I didn't want to be on the website. I didn't want my name there because I just didn't feel, again, that I was the match for what I was telling people to do. And it was only through actually being in that environment and watching all these beautiful people coming into the gym. I mean, these were new moms that had just given birth. These were people that had been struggling with their weight or their health for years. And as I witnessed them transform in front of my own eyes in a matter of months, that reinvigorated me and that gave me my power to want to come back and try it again. And so this time I started off with yoga and I started getting more mobile and then slowly started to really work with body weight movements in order to honor my body because at that point now I'd had surgery on my back a couple times I was missing pieces of bone in my spine and I just couldn't load my back with weight in the way that I wanted to and ironically that's what gave rise to then the rest of my career which was focused on body weight movements and really you becoming your own machine working out from anywhere and I built out an app based also on that methodology and so it's amazing in life how things happen for you and not to you when you're able to be the witness of what was meant to happen well and be open to it you know your physical strength that is really tied to that mindset and of what you can do so yes such a great story I I needed to ha- have you tell that and um so that will lead up into our next questions. You you call everyone an athlete, which I think is great because a lot of people they will discount. It's like, well, I don't go to a gym. I don't. I don't. I wasn't a, a, as athlete, but we really are mm-hmm. needing to have that mindset that we're athletes to honor what we need to do every day to stay healthy. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And you know. 
It's an interesting word because I use that word. And if you watch on me on YouTube or even listen to my podcast, Fall in Love with Fitness, I always refer to everyone as what's up athletes. Hey, athletes. And I get a lot of, you know, sort of resistance from that from people. And people always say, what do you mean I'm an athlete? Like, I don't at all see myself as an athlete. And I think that's part of the issue is just that we don't have the correct definition of what an athlete really is. So here, diet culture and our culture in general puts so much emphasis on how we're supposed to look. We are told from such a young age that we should be a certain size and that there is beautiful in being a certain size. And so if you speak to many women and men too, by the way, not just women, but if you speak, speak to many women, the majority of their life, they've been focusing on trying to be in a smaller body or trying to somehow manipulate their body. And so the ultimate reason why they exercise or why they maybe eat a certain way has everything to do with how they want to look and not focus on how they wanna feel or what they can actually do in terms of performance. And so if we break down what it means to be an athlete, an athlete is not just a person who makes millions and millions of dollars to be on TV, to play their sport at such a high level. An athlete is a mindset, meaning an athlete is in the being. An athlete Mm -hmm. doesn't go to practice or go work out because they want to get a little bit leaner, unless of course they're in a fitness competition, so we're just gonna go ahead and isolate that. But in general, they're really hyper-focused on their performance. The -hmm. reason why they would turn down a big night of binge drinking or eating with their friends is not because they're trying to release weight and because it's going to be too many calories, but it's because they have a big training the next day and that's what's important to them. And so they're focused on their performance. They move their body in a way that just kind of pushes their limits and it's almost a way to just challenge themselves and they want to see what what they can do from their body and not because they're doing all these things in exchange for how they want to look and the same thing with nutrition the majority of us look at our food as equaling two calories or as an exchange again for wanting to release weight or wanting to be a certain size but an athlete eats and chooses their foods because they know that's going to serve their training that's Mm -hmm. going to help them recover that's going to help them sleep better and so if we can take that focus away from the outcome which is the result which is what most people strive for and most people set up their success around that outcome once i release 30 pounds then i'll be happy once i have that six pack then i'll be fit and so if we instead shift our focus onto the system which is the process and the ultimate being and the definition of what an athlete is then we're going to have the system that's going to give that result that we want. It would be impossible not to have that result if we don't focus on the system. And by focusing on the system, it also means that you enjoy what you're doing. Most importantly, if you like to run, then run. If you don't like to run, then don't put that as part of your training regimen, Mm -hmm. because that's going to end up feeling like a punishment. It's going to end up feeling like something so heavy and it won't ever give you the results that you want. Mm -hmm. And so again, the focus is really on the identity. It's it's on who you are and the system that you live your day-to-day life, which eventually ends up being your lifestyle. That's perfect. So you you really touched on this, the difference between transformation and results. And and I love that you said that because we do focus on the results, but to to go back to what we eat, I mean, our body has to be refueled and, and the, an athlete knows and, and understands and reacts to our body. Whereas moms, a lot of times we hear our body telling us stop or rest or eat and we ignore it. So talk to us a little bit about transformation versus results. Yeah, this is a really powerful one because Results just means that we're going to have an outcome that is going to be very temporary. 
right? That's the result. And the way that we move towards that is in a very different mindset and approach than when we are looking for transformation. Transformation is metamorphosis. Transformation is the caterpillar becoming the butterfly. And there is this beautiful continuation of what that being is. So if you think about Vicky, every single time you have to do your taxes every single year, or if you had a big exam that you had to study for, if you had a big project that you had to do at work, well, you work on it, you work on it, you work on it. And the moment you achieve it, that's it. You stop working. And that's what results are. And that's why we see a lot of people yo-yoing because they have a goal. I want to release 30 pounds. So that's their only goal. It doesn't matter how they do it. That is the goal. So whether they do it in a dangerous way, whether they do it in an, in an extreme way, whether they do it in an unsustainable way, it doesn't matter. The goal is to have 30 pounds off my body. And so that becomes the result. And which is why we stop working. We have mm-hmm. this conditioning, just the way we drive human behavior. Once we achieve something, we stop working. Whereas transformation is again, coming back to that system that we spoke about. If I really want to transform, that means I actually want to change permanently. I actually want to become the higher upgrade, that version of myself that I've always known I'm supposed to be. And so the way that we do that is instead of again, bringing back that example of my goal is to release 30 pounds, what we end up doing is just reshifting that goal and asking ourselves, well, what do I have to do to become the person who is 30 pounds lighter? And now I've got a whole set of habits that I can now determine and pull and extract out of there Mm -hmm. and then start to add them into my life. Because maybe that person eats breakfast a certain way or maybe they go for a walk in the morning. And so it ends up becoming this sum of all the little things that they're doing that they can do day in and day out to continue to have that result forever where they do become that person who is 30 pounds lighter. So you we talk about diets and i hate diets so you know i I love whenever we talk about this but i know when i turned uh i was in my late 50s and i knew uh, my daughter was going to be having a baby and i did not want to be that 60 year old grandma that couldn't chase after the kiddos or couldn't help where it's needed you know couldn't carry the baby because you know it was too heavy and things like that so i started to focus on food not as uh, something to that I had to eat or whatever, but what foods I put in, how could they help me? What were their benefits of it? And it changes the way. And, and I also journaled, I don't know, but what, how should we eat instead of dieting? What mm, should so good. our goal be? Mm-hmm. So, so good. I'm, I'm so happy you asked that. And that's the thing is, I think at this point, we can all agree that diets don't work yeah. in the long term. They mm-hmm. sure as hell work in the short term. I mean, that's what they they're meant to do, but they don't work in the long term. And so to answer your question, it would really be on focusing on what can I still continue to do in the long term? And so now we come to the word sustainability, because mm-hmm. if you take out carbs or if you commit to never eating sugar again or never eating chocolate again, and that's just really unrealistic for you, yeah. then what you end up doing is setting yourself up for failure anyway. And that's what diets do. And that's how we feel so demoralized after we do it. And diets also create a can't mindset versus a don't mindset, which basically means that 
there's this thing that I want, but I'm not allowed to have it because I'm on this diet. So if I go to a party and I'm not eating carbs because I'm on the keto diet or, or I'm on a, another low carb diet and somebody offers me something, my mind is going to be like, oh no, you can't have it. You can't have it. It's got carbs. You know, that's going to be really busting your amount of macros for the day in terms of carbs. So you can't have it. And so the moment our mind starts to think about can't, what we end up doing is creating a restriction. Restriction means is that we have a desire. That means there's a need or a want for that thing, but we don't allow ourselves to hide it, have it. And anytime we have a desire for something where we create a restriction, we end up building this reward system in the brain that makes us want that thing even more. So there's this yes. dopamine reward system. And so that's the issue with diets. And that's what we do in my program, Make Peace With Food, is we help women overcome binge eating or emotional eating or out of control eating. And they come to this place because of years of dieting. And so they become very confused around food. How should we eat? Well, there's not a one way that fits all. That is the first answer, is that the way that you eat, Vicky, is not going to match the way that I eat. And then also that we can't take knowledge from a book and then expect that this is going to fit every single person. I mean, we hear that there are certain superfoods like kale or broccoli or all these things, but I'll tell you that I can't do broccoli or I can't do kale. It actually destroys my stomach when I eat it. And so that's so important to note because it doesn't make me feel like I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. And so the right diet is the one that's sustainable for me. The right diet is the one that I enjoy and I enjoy the food and I feel really amazing. And that's really key. If you're sleeping well, if you're feeling healthy, because health is a feeling, it's not actually this endpoint and it's not based on any blood results or any of that. Health is a feeling. And so if you feel empowered, if you feel that you've got a lot of energy and vitality and you're very confident in your body in terms of what it's doing for you, then you know that you're eating the right way. And so I think at this point, we all must have heard that too much processed food is probably not serving us. And so there's a way to find that medium. I love to say that I'm a fitness freak and I love eating cake because I'm never going to give up my cake. I don't have to do that. I don't have to have one or the other. I want to be into health and fitness and honor my body and enjoy cake which I wasn't doing in the past when I first started my fitness journey. I had a lot of rules around food. I had a lot of rules around diet and I was jumping from one to the next because I was on a mission to find the right way to eat and the way that we're all meant to eat. And what that ended up doing is actually create a lot of disordered relationship with food, which again, imagine anybody who is creating all these rules about food, thinking certain foods are good and other foods are bad. What we also end up doing is attaching a lot of value and emotion to eating those yeah. food. So when I eat the good foods, I feel good. I'm good. I'm, I'm a good person and I'm really good and so committed to my health rituals. But if I eat that cake, I'm bad. Oh my God, what did I do? I can't believe I ate it. All right, well, you know what? I better go ahead and eat four more pieces because on Monday, I'm not allowed to have any more cake. And that's right, isn't that silly? But that is what drives us to those irrational thoughts because when we build up that polarized idea around diets and around food in general, that's what we end up creating is we end up creating that reward system. So the best diet really is the one that works for you knowing that of course, it's going to serve us more if we eat more whole foods and then just start to feel it. What foods feel right for me and what foods don't really maybe align with me and maybe they impact my energy and impact my sleep. Mm. You'll notice if you have too much sugar, that's going to impact you. If you have too much processed food, that's going to disrupt your digestion. It's going to disrupt your energy. And so use that intuition and that feeling to have your body choose the foods that serve it most. Yeah. And, and the thing too, I, I always go by moderation, you know, and right. it's like, I, 
I have thrown out cakes <laughs> because, uh, you know, I'll eat my piece of cake and then I, I really don't need it. It, it fulfills that need I needed. But uh, after that, I don't need to eat it just because it's there. And I think there's so many people that don't get that. They're like, oh, I, there's a bag of chips. I'm going to eat the whole thing, you know, type of thing. So right. our minds yeah. are wonderful. <laughs> So we are zooming by of time. So how did you learn to really, after you had that pain in your back and you, how, how did you put in the system? How long did it take you to really discover what the system is? And I love that you say that it's individualized because I think that's an aha moment for everyone out there that they think, oh, well, if Sherry does this, this is what I have to do, but I'm five foot two or, you know, I'm seven foot, you know, and I'm a different, my body is made up differently. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a coach really helps you to say, okay, let's look at you and see what works for you. So, so how did you come up with a system that could be individualized for your clients? Yeah. And it first starts with becoming so clear as to why you want to do something, because that's really the most powerful first step is if you have a clear why. And when I say this, by the way, I want everyone who's listening to just think about why they're doing what they're doing or why they're engaging in fitness or really focus on their self-care. Why is that? Is it because you want to look a certain way? Is it because you are actually doing it to receive attention from other people? Or is it really more meaningful for you? Because the more meaningful it is, for example, if you had an aging parent or you watch people around you get ill and pass away from a particular ailment and you want to avoid that, then that becomes so powerful for you. Or maybe you want to be an amazing role model for your kids, knowing that kids don't do what we say, they do what we do, then that also is incredibly empowering. So for me, my big why, Vicky, was that I didn't want to be dependent on anyone to do the very mundane things in my life. There were many times in my life where I needed assistance to go upstairs. I needed assistance to go to the bathroom or to even shower. I needed assistance to do a lot of those small things, even to tie my shoes. And so I knew 100% that I just wanted to be independent. And the way and the reason why I continue to train and stay so consistent in my training, I mean, the moment I started, I never stopped through pregnancies, after childbirth, through injuries. I just never stopped because I have this big, big reason. And the reason is, I don't want anyone to take care of me. I want to be able to stand on my two feet up until my last moment and my last mm -hmm. breath. Right. And so that's a more powerful reason instead of just, oh, I, I want some cut arms because at one point it's not really going to matter whether or not you have cut arms. Right. Uh, and it's not, it's not a strong enough drive to continue to stay committed. But what happens is when that becomes your reason and it's so deep and it's so inspirational, it really comes from within you then start to stay consistent. And so the way I really created my method and the way that I create the results in my physical fitness and as well as with my clients is I always say consistency first before intensity. That's the most important thing. Most of us, when we start our health and fitness journey, we are all about intensity. And you know, as we're recording this, it's now November 6th, 2023. However, the New Year's is right around the corner. And that's generally the time where people are like, okay, New Year's, yes. new Sherry, Sherry 2024. <laughs> Sherry 2024 is going to work out every single day and she's going to go for a run every single day and she's going to buy all those fitness clothes and she's going to do all these things and she's going to never eat carbs again. And so it's so intense, which is hard to sustain. Yeah. But consistency instead just means that I'm going to show up for myself 
no matter what, no matter how little. And that's really how I've been able to stick to it because consistency also means that I'm constantly tuning in to how I feel. So a year and a half ago, I tore my calf muscle. Sure, I couldn't run and I couldn't do a lot of the things that I love doing, but I was able to do other things. So instead of stopping completely, I started swimming. I started doing other exercises that didn't put a lot of stress on my calf. And so that's what consistency is. If you honor your body, you'll know that your body has this higher form of intelligence. It is the inner doctor. Your body tells you exactly what it needs. Yeah. If it's feeling tired that day and you're really checking in with yourself, you know that you're not just finding an excuse, you really feel fatigued, then listen to that noise because maybe today's supposed to be a little bit of a recovery. Maybe it's supposed to be a gentle walk. Other days you're gonna feel like you have a lot of energy. And when you feel that energy, then you can up that intensity that's relative to how you feel that day. And the same thing with nutrition, it works exactly the same way. If you're a parent, you'll remember that when you had your kids, they cried when they were hungry. And in the moment they were full, you could not put one more drop of milk in their <laughs> mouth. That was it. So we have that innate ability to know how much food we need, when we need it, and what it's doing for us. Our body, our cells love real food. It loves the nutrients that we actually find from real food, which comes from nature. And so you'll notice that that's what your body actually calls for. doesn't mean you can't have some processed food. Just if you tune in, you'll know how much is an appropriate amount for you. And so this is really the gift that I help my athletes connect with is first having a really strong desire. Why is it that you want to do what you're doing? Why is it meaningful to you? Because there will be dark moments and our health and fitness journey is not a straight line, which is the other reason why a lot of us get derailed. We feel that once we've started and it's all going well, it's just going to keep going well. And then boom, we get ill or boom, there is a parent in the hospital or, or something that really requires our immediate attention. And that's where we stop. But instead, if again, we're really focused on how strong our why is and we're committed to being consistent. So that means maybe just a few minutes today, as long as we stay consistent, we're, we will always stay committed to ourselves. And then finally, the most important thing is to really tune into your body and honor your body in the way that it needs. And that always changes every single day. You have a different 100% every single day. Every day, the 100% changes. And the goal is always to become 1% better than who you were yesterday. Awesome. Such good advice. Well, we'll definitely have to have you back because there's a lot of other things that I think we could chat about um, to help my audience. But I'm sure people definitely want to know how to get in contact with you. So if you're listening, as always, grab a paper and pencil or pen so you can get Sherry's information uh, for her website at least the website is sherry shaban so that's www.sherryshaban.com on facebook she is and this is with initial caps sherry shaban fitness so capital s s f and then linkedin is sherry shaban not initial cap <laughs> instagram is sherry shaban fitness youtube just search for sherry shaban you'll find her tiktok is at sherry Shaban. I'm going to let Sherry talk to you about the resources that you can find on her website, as well as um, other things to help you get to the system that will make you a better person. 
Thank you so much, Vicki. I've really enjoyed this conversation with you. And so if you're looking for more resources, whether to work with me directly or even free resources, you can head on over to sherryshaban.com forward slash transform. You can access workouts there from the YouTube channel. You can look for more customized programs. And then also if you have any disordered relationship with food, if you have any unwanted eating behavior, I would suggest that you go ahead and click on that link there to bring you to makepeacewithfood.com where you have a free download to help you gain more control around not just your eating behaviors, but other self-sabotaging behaviors as well. Awesome. It has been just really a pleasure chatting with you. You um, have a great backstory and gives all of us encouragement to um, make a change. And as a 65-year-old enjoying life. Um, I think that it's important for all of us to not think, you know, not abuse our bodies and start to think about what kind of quality of life we want as we get older. And even if you're 20 or 30, you know, um, how many knee surgeries do you want to have? <laughs> so that's my goal in life. No knee, shoulder, back, or, or hip surgery. Hope, wish me luck. Yeah, so far, so good. <laughs> All right, Vicki, great. All right. So as always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.